The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Network as we continue our NFL draft coverage. We're getting surprisingly close. We're in March pretty much at this point. Right around the corner is going to be the NFL draft. Free agency is getting really close, and we've spent this whole offseason filling you in on every single thing that you need to know for either period of time, free agency or the NFL draft. So if you missed any episodes, make sure you go check that back out. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and today's episode is another draft show covering the edge prospects in the 2021 NFL draft. Before we hop in, though, folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and head to bigblueview.com for more Giants news and analysis. So this, this edge group this year is a bit interesting because... It doesn't really have a, a premier player, as we said on our Giants Edge evaluation show, talking about the Giants Edge players. There's not really a Chase Young or somebody that you can get early on that will turn into a, a stud, elite, possibly 15 to 20 sack a season type player. However, there are some interesting guys. There are some guys that have some really explosive traits who could fit within the Giants system and within Patrick Graham's scheme. And it, it seems like, Chris, we're, we're going to go through day one, day two, and day three, but it seems like if the Giants want to hit a home run here, they're going to need to do it early. Yeah, that that's generally the way it works in the NFL. Uh, on SB Nation, the main site, they did a study a couple years ago looking at basically every team's pass rush from 2010 to 2015. And where the players who were the premier pass rushers, the guys who got eight or more sacks in a season, how they came into the NFL over that period. And they basically found that if you want a good pass rusher, you have to get him early. Basically, of the entire list of players who over that five, six-year period got eight or more sacks, 29 of them were drafted in the first round. There were another 12 drafted in the second round. And then from rounds three through the undrafted ranks, there were 30 total. So you had almost as many pass rushers drafted in the first round as in the last, basically, 
Yeah, <laughs> as, as in rounds three, four, five, six, seven, and then undrafted all put together. So th- that, I think, tells us a couple things. First, that there is just this incredible premium on pass rushers, which is a thing we already know. But also there's this incredible athletic premium, which guys who get drafted early, especially in the first round, you generally don't see poor athletes drafted highly. So you need to get a pass rusher early because you need to get a guy who is a good athlete, a guy who has just rare physical traits, long arms, uh, lower body fluidity, explosiveness out of his stance. And generally also you want to find a guy who already has good technique so he can produce right away. And unfortunately, those guys are rare. And honestly, that that makes a lot of sense to me because if you think about it, the edge position is one one of the few that require high levels of athleticism. There's some other positions where you can maybe get away with it and produce really good results, and there's going to be some exceptions there. But I think as a pass rusher, you can have some good quality guys, but more often than not, if if a guy coming out of college is an edge prospect and he's just not a good explosive athlete and he hasn't shown or flashed the ability to be a dominant player game in and game out, there's a pretty good chance that he might end up getting moved off ball if he fits the size profile. But the case here, though, is that the Giants are are probably going to want to swing early within the first two rounds to maybe get somebody if they don't sign anyone in free agency. And already leading into this conversation of, of day one, as I was saying, there's not really a home run guy. There's a lot of volatility on who sits highest, who's the best in the group. The three names that I, I feel, and there's going to be some day two guys that are also going to fit under this this category, but I, I feel the three names I've been hearing the most lately is Gregory Rousseau uh, from Miami, Quiddy Pay from Michigan, and Aziz Ojolari from Georgia, who all of which could possibly be in play at 11. Now, I don't know if all three of these guys are good enough to go at 11, but we've seen the Giants bank on college production and having a higher floor than maybe trying to go off of a guy with with better traits. So any of these guys I really could see being selected by the Giants at 11. Yeah, and that really is the question. Is it which one of them or are any of them really worthy? Do they bring the value for that 11th overall pick? Yeah, it's probably going to come down at least, you know, out here in the media sphere between uh, Rousseau and Pay. And I think that really is a question of high floor versus high ceiling. Quiddy Pay, he really feels like a guy who is going to be getting probably eight sacks a season pretty consistently. Yeah, he's probably going to be a hand in the dirt, 4-3-7 technique. That's just where he's going to be for the entirety of his career, and he will probably be pretty good at it. You know, He'll give you good, solid run defense. He'll give you a consistent pass rush, even if it isn't particularly explosive. And you can just kind of count on him year in, year out to be a consistent guy. Rousseau, I, you know, it's a thing I think we've both said on this podcast is what are you getting from him? Yeah, he's got all these physical traits. You know, he's got the incredibly long frame. He does have a he has an interesting, I would say, burst out of his stance where you know, I'm not sure he's got a great first step, but his legs are so long that his second and third steps, he covers a, an incredible amount of ground. But he also doesn't seem to know what the hell he's doing out there. And he just gets by by being longer and more athletic than the guy across from him. So do you bet on his ceiling and hope you're getting another Jason Pierre Paul? Or are you going to maybe wind up with a guy like, you know, 
I kind of keep going back to Arden Key, where he, he's got all his traits, but he never really produces up to that athletic pedigree. Or do you take the safer route in Quiddy Pay, who might not have the scheme versatility, but as long as you put him in a role where he can produce, he is just going to keep producing. And then there's Aziz Ojolari, who, you know, he might actually be that that middle ground. Yeah, and, and Gregory Rousseau and Aziz Ojolari, I, I feel are a little bit more fun. They've got a lot more to work with. You could get a lot more out of them potentially, but Quiddy Pay, as we've talked about numerous times on the show, is probably the safest pick here. And if we're just being honest with ourselves, has Dave Gettleman written all over him? You know, a guy that that is been consistent, is a high motor player, uh, somebody who has good technique, but isn't as twitchy, isn't as long, isn't going to be... He's, he's an explosive athlete, but in terms of what he can become, I think that the other two guys have, have higher ceilings. So we'll see what happens day one. I, I think that it's hard to predict what happens at 11 until we know what's done during free agency because some of these issues could be resolved if they're willing to spend the money and make the moves work. We're going to get into talking about some day two names if they happen to miss out or they're not in love with anybody at 11. Before we do so, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. So on day two, I think is where things could get a little bit fun because there's a good clump of guys that aren't necessarily necessarily elite, but there are a number of players who have good traits, maybe step in and turn into not a 15 or 20 sack guy, but just a contributing pass rusher, similar to what has happened with Lorenzo Carter, who was a day two pick. And some of the names that that typically pop out to me, and we're not mentioning all of them here, Jalen Phillips from Miami is exciting, former five-star recruit who transferred from UCLA to Miami after taking some time off from football, Joseph Asai from Texas, Jason Owe from Penn State, Patrick Jones from Pitt. Uh, Quincy Roche from Miami, and then Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. All these guys have done some really good stuff in college and shown some flashes and could turn themselves into a role pass rusher, maybe not a premier primary guy for this Giants defense. Yeah, I would say that probably of these day two guys we're going to be talking about, I would look at Phillips, Osai, and maybe Joe Tryon as the guys who could turn into that kind of dynamic edge rusher the Giants just do not have right now. They all have their own issues. Uh, with Phillips, it's obviously an injury question because he, just, as an athlete, he's got all the tools you could ask for. He's got the length, he's got the size, he's got the explosiveness, but you need him to be on the field. Otherwise, he's not going to be getting a whole lot of sacks. Osai, he is he is a lot of fun. He is very versatile. He could kind of split the, he could kind of be that edge rusher who maybe helps out with his own blitzes by being able to drop back and, you know, cover the short intermediate part of the field, maybe the flat or the hook curl area, just occupy that zone while a off ball linebacker or a defensive back rushes to send pressure. And then try on, you know, he is, Emery Hunt's guy, we mentioned him a few times. I took a look at him for a, I believe my, uh, <clears throat> sorry, for a profile, I believe that's coming out, you know, Monday, March 1st. Uh, he is actually a lot of fun. Uh, he might have one of the, the best first step in this class. He is very explosive off the snap. His problem, which I think might hold him back from being an every down player is just play strength. Yeah, I think I saw him listed at two, at 
260, and there's no way he's that big. Uh, he can deal with tight ends, but offensive tackles, if they get a hold of him, his play is pretty much over with. But other than that, he is a really exciting prospect. And then, you know, Quincy Roche, Patrick Jones, Ronnie Perkins, these guys are just, I think they're going to be good contributing rushers. They all have their own issues. Everybody in this zone, in this range, really everybody in this draft class, there, there are no perfectly clean prospects. They're all going to have some kind of issue teams are going to have to deal with. Yeah, and ultimately, I feel like the the takeaway from this this day three group might align possibly with the Giants like to do defensively. We can't say for sure because the Giants just haven't had a premier pass rusher in what seems like forever since Jason Pierre-Paul. But uh, I think there's a possibility that Patrick Graham might be just working towards just getting an upgrade and not an elite player at the position because he knows, at the very least, his secondary is going to create some pressures uh, for the for the defensive line, so maybe this is the range that they're aiming for. Maybe they say, you know, what day one we don't we're not sold on any of these guys. We're gonna wait until day two in round two and and see who's available because this one player could turn into a, a ten sack guy, not necessarily a fifteen sack guy, and that's all we're really looking for. But once you get into the day three conversation, that's when we start talking about some guys that either have traits and a lot of um, you know in weaknesses, things that might be holding them back. Uh, some of these guys might be a little bit more clean rather than twitchy and explosive. But all, all these guys are guys that we've we've mentioned a ton. Carlos Basham from Wake Forest, Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame, Adi Ogundeji from Notre Dame as well, Ellerson Smith from UNI, and then Shaka Tony from Penn State. All, all these guys are players who've, who've caught our eye, who maybe come round four or five. If this is a position group that they're going to go heavy at, maybe they take an extra guy here. Uh, any of these names would be really interesting for the Giants. Yeah, you know, Carlos Basham, he was looked at you know, towards the start of the year as maybe one of the top edges in this whole class, you know, right up there with Gregory Rousseau. But I think, you know, the more we see of him, the more I, I don't even really think of him as an edge anymore. He's more of a just straight defensive lineman for me. I think he could be in the Giants defense, a five technique in their base package, and then maybe move to either a four, three end, or maybe even a three technique in a nickel package. Your guys from Notre Dame, they both are very interesting players, uh, some really good athleticism and measurables there. Uh, Ellerson Smith, I think he's a guy to definitely keep an eye on in, in the latter part, latter half of the draft, just because of how well he played at the senior bowl. You know, we've mentioned this a few times, have to keep coming back to it. The giants scout the senior bowl heavily every year. So this year where it's kind of the only game in town, as far as getting a bunch of different prospects on the same field together, they have to be paying big attention to that. And Ellerson Smith jumped out. He jumped out in practice and he had a great game. So I, I would definitely be looking for him at, if the Giants do circle around to get one of these late round guys. And then also, you know, Shaka Tony from Penn State. The Giants have been paying attention to Penn State lately. We know they did actually send people to go watch one of Penn State's games this year. So he might have caught their attention. I'm not sure he's an every down rusher, but he was consistently productive for Penn State. Yeah, one of the many talented defenders on that that Penn State defense, and obviously the connection with the coaching staff might benefit some of these guys in this situation where the Giants might end up with one of these talented defensive players uh, from Penn State. But the guys that we mentioned were 
pretty much all participants in the Senior Bowl. They all had really good weeks, and and that's a big reason why, like you mentioned, why uh, we're bringing them up because I, I wouldn't be shocked if at least one of these players was selected because of the the point that you mentioned how top performers at the Senior Bowl have a tendency to be selected by this Giants front office. And I don't really see a way that that changes in a year where they're likely trying to build some depth at, at edge rusher because right now, not only does the group lack a top-end player, but they also could be lacking depth in a couple of seasons with some guys' contracts coming up the following free agency. So they're going to they're going to take a, a very critical look at this later group and there are ultimately some really, really interesting names that have some possible upside or just the ability to turn into um, eventual contributors. I'm reminded of the words of the philosopher Jagger. You know, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you get you can get what you need. And the Giants need a pass rusher. You know, we said that almost every week during the season. They need a guy who can get to the quarterback in not four or five seconds but three, three and a half seconds. Now you don't need, well, I'm sure they would love to have a guy like Miles Garrett who can do it in two and a half seconds, damn near every snap, but they need some guy, somebody who can give them per- consistent pressure off of the edge. Yeah. That will make life so much easier on James Bradbury and Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney, and also the rest of their defensive linemen. If they can get just some kind of consistent pressure, even if it isn't an ace who has just dominant stuff, if they can just get somebody who can get them off the field when they absolutely need it, that would be a just huge upgrade for this defense. Well, folks, that's going to be it for our edge discussion here. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Also head to bigblueview.com to find some more New York Giants content and follow us on social media at bigblueview, at Joe DeLeon, and at RaptorMKII. Stay tuned for our show coming up later in the week as Nick will join us again to do another evaluation show. Regency's getting close, folks, so make sure you don't miss out on any Giants content. See you later. Have a wonderful rest of your day.